You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message to you, the invincible God of power. The invincible God of power and might. God is perfect because He is spirit. God is perfect because He is spirit. That's the reason we have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We are facing so many challenges today, but yet God calls us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Just because there's a battle does not mean you have to fight. The battle belongs to the Lord. We must be very careful that if you want to fight, that you make sure you're fighting the right battle. Because the Bible teaches us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, darkness, things which are not of God. Principalities. That's where the battle is in the spirit. But when you have this revelation that in the spirit Christ is dealt with every principality, he's made a spectacle of them, disarmed them. Your view about the battle that you are facing will change. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to finish strong. Everybody wants to make sure that they are going from where they are to where God wants them to be. Amen? There's a God that has planned good things for us. He's got thoughts towards you to bless you, to prosper you. But in discovering all of that and receiving all of that, there's sometimes challenges that we have to face. Think about Peter for one second. Toiled all night long. From a natural point of view, if you look at that experience that he had in Luke chapter 5, defeat and failure, disappointment. But when you know that God is in control of your life, in that disappointment, there's appointment. Peter had toiled all night long. Pain, suffering, I mean, he was well-trained. He knew everything he could know about fishing. Where to go, what to do, how to do it. And after he had done all of that, zero results. When you know that God is in control of your life, even when there is disappointment, you know God is supporting your situation and your position. Imagine he got frustrated. And he left. Family, whatever you are facing right now, whatever we are facing as the church, Jesus knows. What we are going through, we are passing through it. It's not a full stop. It's a comma. It's a mere stopping interval. And whatever we are facing, I want to tell you, there's a God, the invincible God of power and might that's working behind the scenes, busy doing things that you're not even aware of. 
Peter, when he came to Jesus, he was confessing defeat and failure. We've toiled all night long. No results. That very minute, that moment, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, were gathering the fish together. Remember, he had done everything that whole night. Jesus said, cast out your nets. And Peter said, Lord, at your word. An instruction in righteousness can change everything in your life. It's time to look at what we are facing, not as a setback, but God busy preparing a comeback. The empty nets, Jesus is going to fill it. God is oftentimes busy working, blessing us, protecting us, healing us, helping us, and we're not even aware of it. When you look at the book of Ruth, I mean, what Ruth had gone through, what Naomi had gone through, Naomi lost her husband, her two sons. You know the story, and Ruth joined Naomi and said, your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. And she went with Naomi. Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit. Boaz is a type of God. And Ruth is a type of the church. When you go look at Ruth chapter 2, you'll see Boaz giving instruction to his servants to drop hands full for her to pick up. She's receiving this blessing and she thinks it's normal. God providing for her. How many times have God provided for us? Dropped hands full and we're picking it up and we think it's normal. You know what Naomi said to her, type of the Holy Spirit? Don't be seen in another man's field. The key to successful living is to obey the Holy Spirit. Remember, Naomi said to her, blessed is the one who took notice of you. Family, listen to me. You are made in God's image. You're the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. God has taken notice of you. In the book of Isaiah, such an amazing scripture, it says that God had healed them and they did not even know it. Sometimes God brings healing into our life by the power of the Holy Spirit, the invincible God of power and might. Oftentimes, He's our protector, He's our shield, and we don't even know it. Remember Peter. Jesus said to Peter, I've been praying for you. The enemy wants to sift you. Satan wants to take you out. But I've been praying for you that your faith will not fail. Family, I want to encourage you this day. Jesus is praying for you that your faith will not fail. We're in a situation, we're in a pandemic right now. But even in what we are facing, Jesus is busy praying for us that our faith will not fail. What did Jesus say to him? And after that, go strengthen your brethren. Go strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Many people right now, it feels like their faith is going to fail. But Jesus is praying for us, interceding for us. Imagine Peter if he got frustrated, if he got angry. He just left the nets there and he walked off that beach. He would have changed history. We thank God that he came to his senses. He took instruction in righteousness. Family, listen to me. Right now, 
we have to remain in the love of God. It's not time now for Christians to take offense. But remember, it's for us to remain in the love of God. Remain in the love of this invincible God of power and might. He's poured out his love into our hearts. It's about loving God and loving people. Whatever we are facing, Romans 8 verse 28 teaches us. Everything works out for the better, for the good. Everything falls into place for those who love him. Psalm 91. Because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. Can you see in this time just continuing to love Jesus will allow the invincible God of power and might to work in you and through you, working out everything for the good, bringing deliverance. Loving Jesus releases something. More than ever, there's a need for us to love God, to love our neighbors. The devil wants you to take offense. The devil wants you out of the love of God. When you're out of the love of God, your faith cannot work effectively. Don't give in to that frustration. Don't give in to that anger. Amen. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Everybody around us, they are looking at you as a son of God to see the son of God in you. His nature, his ability working in us and through us. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 19. We have to ask ourselves the question, are you a Christian by faith or are you a Christian by feelings? Are you serving God from your mind, being convinced? Or are you serving God from your heart, being converted? When we talk about Christian service to make a difference, we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave instruction to his disciples. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. Then go out and minister in Jerusalem and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Christian service should be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He's saying he found some disciples. It means there's some kind of discipline in their lives. There's something in their lives that they can identify that these are Christians, that they want to serve Jesus. There's a commitment towards God. But Paul, when he saw them, there's something in his way of viewing them, looking at them, that he is questioning the way they got saved. He's questioning the foundation of their conversion. He says, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's asking them, what you are busy doing it, are you doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit? 
And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? How did you get saved? How are you serving Jesus? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is New Testament, people. The only true way that you can be a Christian is with the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul knew this. This is why he's asking these questions. I want to ask these questions to you as a church this morning, as God's people, as Christians. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ. Family, listen to me. There's, I, I don't have time to preach on all the different baptisms, but when you just looked at Israel, a type of the church in Egypt, God taking them to the promised land, there's baptism with blood, baptism with water, baptism with fire. Amen? There's two laws against us, the law of sin and the law of death. Many Christians just deal with the law of sin. Jesus, forgive my sins. But you need the Holy Spirit, Paul said, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection to deal with death. It's the resurrection power. That's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us and with us. So they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Baptism of salvation is merely observing the law. Coming to church. Giving your tithes. Helping. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Paul's helping them here, saying you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not just here to observe and to serve God from here, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul asked exactly the same question to the Galatians. Just go to Galatians 3, verse 2. I'm not going to touch on verse 1, but I mean, if you go to verse 1, Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He's talking to the church. He's saying, there's something wrong with you. Looks like you're bewitched. Looks like somebody's done magic on you. You're not behaving like Christians. He was asking them this question. He said, this only want, I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, obeying the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? You can only be a true Christian through the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying here, you started in the Spirit. 
He allowed the Holy Spirit to work in you. But now you're ending up in the flesh again. They were reducing the kingdom of God, kingdom business, to human wisdom, Houston power, human understanding. Paul says this is not the power of the gospel. I think this is the question that we have to ask. Do all Christians have the Holy Spirit? I think Paul answered it for us in Acts 19. Family, the Bible teaches us you'll be known by your fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. We know the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Although you cannot see it, you'll see the manifestation thereof. This is what all of creation is waiting for. The promise that was made to Abraham. It's not cars and buildings, houses and money. The promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. Faith in the word of God, the complete work that Jesus did upon the cross so that we can receive the Holy Spirit. You have a friend in the Holy Spirit. The invincible God of power and might. The one fighting for you. Even in the Old Testament, Moses had an understanding of this. He said, I'm not going into the promised land unless your Holy Spirit goes before me. He knew he was not a giant slayer. He knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants. He knew he couldn't take on that giant. There might have been a battle, but it was not his. The battle was the Lord's. Too many Christians are trying to live a life today without the help of the Holy Spirit. Even when you pray, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26, just go there quickly. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Whatever weakness you have, the Holy Spirit is there to help you, to be your strength, to be your shield. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you're walking in the Spirit, something has happened, just that groaning on the inside. Mm. Mm. The Holy Spirit is helping you. He's hearing that groaning. And he's helping you, acting on your behalf. That's a place to say, thank you, Jesus. How many times have you been groaning? Mm. Holy Spirit says, I've heard that. I hear that. When that groaning is in the Spirit... Heaven backs it. The Holy Spirit is working where you cannot see. 
The Holy Spirit has gone before you where you've not been. He's our guide, our provider, our helper, our teacher. Remember Daniel in the lion's den just went onto his knees three times a day and thanked God. That was his custom. That means in the lion's den, he went on his knees and he thanked God. That prayer in the Holy Spirit locked the mouths of the lions. Moses, when he was facing the Red Sea, the Holy Spirit knew the answer. Family, listen to me. We as Christians, we have our part to play. God wants to work in us and through us. The Bible says it's the will of God for all men to be saved. We have to make a decision in this time to walk in the Spirit. Not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. It's not time for Christians now to take offense, but to remain in love. When you speak and declare something, let it be by the Spirit of God. Because if we are creating expectations, saying things with our mouths, but it's not by the Spirit of God, it can create offense in people's hearts. Unfulfilled expectation leads to offense, making Christians' hearts heavy. Romans 8 verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. When we are led by the Spirit, we are sons of God. Remember Naomi, a type of the Holy Spirit, told Ruth, don't be seen in another man's field. That leading of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not an eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where does that joy come from? The Holy Spirit. Where does the righteousness come from? The Holy Spirit. Where does the joy come from? The Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to leave my peace with you. Place my peace in your heart. Not the peace of this world, but the peace that comes from heaven. My peace. That even though there's a storm on the outside, you can have peace on the inside. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. This is good news. The invincible God. Matthew 12, just go there quickly. Verse 18, Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. What does Acts 10 verse 38 teach us? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power went about doing good. How did he do good? In the power of the Holy Spirit. Healing people, delivering people. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel. 
he will not quarrel. 2 Timothy 2 verse 24, it says a servant of the Lord should not quarrel. Quarreling is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. But keeping your peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. If you're a Christian, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. The invincible God of power and might working on the inside of you. Family, listen to me. John chapter 7 teaches us that out of our hearts will flow living waters. Go read that whole scripture there. You'll see that whole passage. It says it refers to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit could not be poured out yet because Jesus had not yet died. Jesus was not yet glorified. God wants that river of living waters when you are linked up with God to flow out of you. Jesus is the refreshing river of life that waters us, that brings life into every area of our lives. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will become that life, that healing, that breakthrough, that deliverance to those who are thirsty for those things. You'll become a channel of peace in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember John 5, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he wanted to get into the water to receive his healing. But Jesus, the fountain of life, wanted to get into him to have life for eternity. Family, listen to me. When you have this river on the inside, even unbelievers will acknowledge it. Remember Joseph, even in the Old Testament, he said, call this man because we know the Spirit of God is on the inside of him. Those around you will start to acknowledge there's something different about you because of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. David understood this. That's why when he sinned, he said, do not let your spirit depart from me. Wow. We might be 50 here today. But if we have 50 fountains of life, those that are linked up with God, and that river starts to flow, it will bring hope to those around you. It will bring healing to those around you. People in bondage will be set free. The Bible teaches us, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45, it's part of our declaration, that the first Adam was a living soul. But the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Not the second Adam or the third Adam, the last Adam. It teaches us there's no other plan, there's no other option. This is the only plan. Life-giving spirit. A little bit lower it says, what's born of dust is dust. The earthly man. But then it talks about the heavenly man. And in the same way, we're on the likeness of this earthly man. Born as a man or a woman into this earth, into this world. 
There's a second nature of you that can be linked up with God, the heavenly nature, where you can become the hope of a dying world. It's because of this promise of the Holy Spirit that we can be made righteous. It's because of the promise of the Holy Spirit that we can go out and be the hope of this world. It's because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that we can be empowered to go into the world. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your protector. He's your deliverer. Not only to do it in your own life, but allowing that river to start to flow so that God can use you as an instrument of mercy, an instrument of favor, an instrument of deliverance, an instrument of hope. This is the invincible God of power and might working behind the scenes to help you, working in you, for you, with you, so that you can go out and be a blessing to a dying world. As Christians, can you see the importance to be born again? Can you see the importance every day to pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me and touch my heart. Help me, Holy Spirit, so that rivers of living water will flow out of my belly, out of my heart. Family, when you are linked up with the Holy Spirit, your speech will change. I'm not even going to the part of clean water flowing out and dirty water flowing out. That's why we have to be so careful what we say as Christians. Can you see what God has done? He's made a way for you to live a life of victory in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit working in you, with you, and for you. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.